Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. How are you doing? It's got Paul Reedy on the show. That's what he's got. Paul Reedy, Motherland, Terror, The Terror. Oh my goodness, have you watched The Terror? It's fantastic. If this is your first time on the Limehouse podcast, I want it on the Limehouse podcast, listening to the Limehouse podcast. I want to I want to share with you a big bear hug that isn't too intense, but it's just enough to just you know feel the warmth and the welcomed the welcoming, okay? I mean previous conversations on this podcast, if you are interested, have included some pretty awesome guests that would you'd probably be interested in. If you're interested in Paul Reedy, you're going to want to listen to my conversation with Julian Sancton about Madhouse at the End of the Earth, which is about an exploration down to Antarctica that goes hideously wrong, which chimes in with my conversation with Paul Reedy, because he was um, a key part of the ABC dramatization of the book The Terror. And uh, it's a wonderful TV series. It's it's on iPlayer, I still, I, I think. I think it still is. And also, I had a chat with Michael Palin about HMS Erebus, the ship that, uh, the the lead ship, the, the, the head, head honcho ship that goes off an exploration of the Northwest Passage along with HMS Terror. And that's, it's kind of an interpretation of what happened to that expedition. And Paul, Paul Reedy, my guest, plays a fantastic, uh, role in that as um, I've forgotten his goddamn character's name. I think it's something like good man or or good 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 sir. I think it's good sir. Yes, it's good sir. Well done. I got there. And and he's he's phenomenal in it. He's sort of like the moral compass of the entire series. And it's it's highly intense and highly wonderful and captivating. And of course, um, the wonderful Jared Harris stars in, in that. So anything with Jared in is, is obviously going to be um, pretty much like amazing. Am I not? I'm, I think I'm right there. And so fundamentally, you will enjoy this conversation because it was very natural. We got along so well. And one of those kind of guests that just within five seconds, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fine. Cool. This is going to be great. And it was. And I think uh, any terror fans out there, you will enjoy this. I, I'm, I guarantee it. But if uh, if you have got the time to check out those previous podcasts uh, that I've you know I've highlighted there, Michael Palin and Julian Sancton, please do because I think it's like in life you all, we all go on these little journeys, don't we? We all oh, have watched that TV series and then you read an article and something you find out there's oh another episode about it or another film about it and then you just go down a wormhole and before you realise it you're reading books left, right and centre and you become a complete freak, which is what happened to me. I've read I don't know how many books now on exploration in the past six months. It's crazy. And I've learned a lot about uh, Ad, uh, Anmundsen and Shackleton. I mean, Shackleton, uh, if you guys aren't aware of Shackleton and what his crew went through, it, it's it's off the hook for, for starters. Uh, it'll blow your mind. And uh, I suggest you go out and just get all into it because it's fascinating. It helps put your own life and uh, suffering into perspective. Gosh, or just watch, I don't know, fuck it, watch Made on Netflix. That helps put your own suffering into perspective. Or just open your eyes and uh, ears and look what's happening under a Boris Johnson regime. (laughs) Oh, dear perspective. Anyway, uh, almost enough of my yakking. You've probably got about another minute, I think. 
Got to keep those intros under five minutes if you're not a celebrity, okay? Because people are not, they're not tuned in to listen to you, okay? So if you're interested, I've got a website, okay? Yeah, it's got a short film on it and it's got a comedy pilot on it. I, I wrote both. I was in the comedy pilot, but I was just behind the camera directing and writing the, the short film. The short film is called The Name. It's got Tim Bentink in it. I suggest you check it out. It's good fun. It's about 20 minutes long. It's um, comedy, drama, drama, comedy, romedy, 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 romedy. And the comedy pilot is about a, a band that's sort of trying to get their shit together and take over the world. And obviously, uh, in a sense, it's written, in a sense, it is written by me. And therefore, it's kind of calamitous. And whimsical and funny. So you can check those two things out on somedaysardiamonds.co.uk. Somedaysardiamonds.co.uk. That's a, just a good way of supporting me. And if you uh, do feel like finding me on Twitter, it's at LimehousePod. And um, the show is on Instagram, the Limehouse Podcast. But I tell you what's really funny is you do all these things and never never makes a goddamn bit of difference. But you do it because you think, well, maybe it will one day, you know, maybe Richard Branson will just go, God, I love this guy, and I'm just going to give him a million and fifty bloody million quids. Oh, dear. Anyway, it's got to that stage, isn't it, where he's waffling madness. Um, enjoy this episode. Paul Reedy is a proper, proper lovely guy. I enjoyed every second with him. And I really mean that. And I'm going to be... Uh, I think I'm going to be taking a break from the show, uh, uh, possibly just after Christmas or something, maybe a bit before, who knows. Um, and I'm going to bring you a best of the Limehouse podcast, I think, because over the past three years, three and a half, four years, we've had so many different guests from the world of politics and, and, and literature, film, TV, uh, exploration, all this kind of jazz. That I thought I'd try and round it up for you. So that's going to take a very long time to do. So I'm going to try and do that. But anyway, look after yourselves. Hopefully I'll see you, uh, see you on social media. If not, just blank me and I'll keep coming back. Just like COVID-19. All right then. Bye now. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, good, how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, are we, ho- are we hoodied up? Have you got a hoodie on as well? Yeah. You have, man. It's good, isn't it? It's a good feeling, right? Really good feeling right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, like, winter winter is coming, right? Yeah, it's here, it's here. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's not, because today was, like, seven... Where are you? You're in England, right? Very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> very much. much. I'm so. What does that mean? Um, is that is that sorry or something? No, it's Kent. Oh, that is England, isn't it? My God, there's not a more. There's there's like how much more England could that be? None more England. None more. None more England. No, I. Yeah, yeah. we haven't long been in Kent, but we're just we're just across the border. I don't know where the border is. Okay. Exactly. There's no yeah, arm. There's I mean, no armed guards. You we know. we started rec- we started recording by the way, but um just to give you a heads up, but um, we um 
we used to live near Crystal Palace and um, I used to, during lockdown, what have you, our, our refuge was the Kent countryside. It's it's so stunning. Like, oh my God. Yeah, it's so um, good. It's so good. Yeah. We moved, actually, you, part, part of the reason why we moved, we were we were yeah. very near Crystal Palace and we've just moved just a little where, bit. Where, where were you? What, Annerley. You were in Annerley. We, we, we were in Sydenham. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well where, where, where are you now where are you now uh, uh i'm in um dis now uh which is in norfolk and you know oh. it's fucking it is so different to <laughs> deeply deeply different to the you know the lewisham area in in many good and bad ways you know okay. um yeah i've experienced more like i don't know what would you call it like verbal violence verbal abuse than i ever did in london in like you know really? some of the rougher parts of lewisham yeah like why kids what and, like, kids and what playgrounds man oh really like, um yeah like fucking hell they're like during the summer holidays they'd be like 20 or 30 of them like swarming around uh, like 10 between 10 years old and 14 15 years old swarming around playgrounds and like intimidating people and their parents would be going oh if i can come in here and do that and don't you don't you talk to my boy like that and i'm oh my god like oh, this really? is i'm okay. in the trenches here um okay. i didn't i didn't say that did i i don't know i don't um, i didn't i didn't hear you say that and you get more bang for your buck over here. I mean, Jesus Christ, we did look in Kent, but sweet Mother Mary of God, man, like you're like, you know, it's yeah. It is, but I mean, luckily I am incredibly rich. That, <laughs> that is a joke. That's a complete joke. It's not. It's not. He's wearing a gold hoodie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really, it must be very uncomfortable to wear a gold hoodie, but you yeah, but. Any- I'm doing it because yeah. to let you know. <laughs> no, I. It's a statement. No, it is a statement. It is. Um, are you picking up how it rattles when I move? No. Okay. Just... No, I'm not. You've got a lovely mic as well. I'm getting okay. a bit of an erection looking at that microphone. <gasps> Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's my wife's microphone. Um, <clears throat> okay. Oh God! Awkward. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting an yeah. erection over so. another man's uh, wife's uh, <laughs> microphone. This is so awkward right now. Oh, God. This is, this is not how I expected this conversation to go. <laughs> not that I, had I it, not that I had any idea. Yeah. Um, Man, on this podcast, you just never know what's going to happen. Good. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, no, what we were, we were bullshitting and fanning around uh, gold and, and riches, but you moved oh, to, yeah, uh, to no, Kent we, but, because... Yeah, but we came, we came to, so we only moved, like we were in a very, on a very, very busy junction and we just found, okay. we found a flat with a, yeah. with a garden and I have, I have a kid and uh, it was great to be on the same level as a little garden, uh, whereas, yeah. you know, we were dragging stuff up the stairs it was it was with a kid it was just it was a bit of a you know you have you have kids right you have a kid yeah yeah we have two we have uh one 10 month i think that's right and a a three three three-year-old so it's yeah that whole we did the whole staircases and narrow staircases and you know uh, prams and what have you and our garden was literally the size of a, a little postage stamp and you're thinking this this is great if you're a single person and you're living the life going out and rocking and rolling uh but you you can't raise a family but i remember that i remember those days 
Do you remember those? Do you remember those days? The rock and roll. I remember when we used to go out rocking and rolling. (laughs) Yeah, God, you can't do that now. You're like, I just turned forty. You're like forty something. Thank you. Um, I I am forty something. I did turn. I turned. I turned forty something on Monday. Just gone. Oh really? Oh happy beep beep day. That's great, man. What what did you do for it? Um, actually I went to, um, I went to a comedy gig. It was really, really good. It wasn't a stand up. It was a one woman show about, about one woman shows. And she was so good. Liz Kingsman, I think her name was. It was really great. Anyway. Yeah. No, no, man, that sounds amazing. Um, That sounds really intense. It was good. It was good. We don't get out much because of lockdown and life, you know. But uh, yeah, so it's really, you, really great. The, the rock and roll is over now. It's like 40, 40 odd years old. I mean, like, and and you've you've got a proper job that you you really need to be on point for. I mean, like, part of the fun of talking to you right now, or at least you know, it being lined up, was just researching your your back catalogue because, like, um, I've. I, I, I fell in love with Good Sir, right? Watching The Terror about yes. four or five months ago. It wasn't that long ago. I don't know, whatever. It was a good lo- um, I think it was a good lockdown because the BBC bought it like during lockdown because I think they had they didn't have enough content probably. And then there, so there's this show that we made about, uh, it was when my kid was born, so about just over four years ago. And, yeah. Uh, it hadn't really got an audience over here because the only way you could watch it was on, if you had BT, it was on AMC, which was only on BT. And uh, so it was great. The, um, I mean, thank God for lockdown. Yeah. I do I mean, not, it's... I do not mean that, but I, but, <laughs> but uh, it was good that it got a new, a new audience. Yeah, and it's it's like um, there's a there's another there's a really good book that I read recently called Madhouse at the end of the um, at the end of the earth, which is um, similar uh, in as much as you know the terror and HBS Erebus and what have you, um, and the the shit that went down there. But um, yeah, perfect lockdown book, and then the terror. My God, I, I watched it just after like this, things were easing off with lockdown. But it's it's so it's so bleak. Um, yeah but masterfully crafted right because in in the wrong hands that stuff can just get too bleak too dark too much it's just but it's it's so it's what's i mean what's your take on it i absolutely love the terror so it's such a super well, i'm really glad you love the terror because i'm i'm really proud of it yeah but for lots of reasons you know i think first off the writers really were brilliant uh and yeah. they've written these great scripts um, Sue Hugh and David Kajganich. It had been David's project for years and they were going to make a film of it. And then at one point, and then I think they decided it would be better as a series to kind of get the, you know, the passage of time. Um, uh, but I, they really trusted the cast and they got a great cast together. So they kind of let us kind of, really worked with us on ideas and stuff and uh and there was great material and it like it was a great part for me it was a great part and actually i that character is still kind of very close to my heart for you know i i mean part of what it's about really is 
who are we in the face of disaster in the face of challenge who are we as human beings and what kind of what is the human being what are they capable of do you in your death in your desperation um and and i think you know good sir the character i was playing was very much like kind of the he was a good sir you know he was a good right. a good heart and you know i would still say you know if i was going down on a boat I'd, I'd, um, I'd want him on my team, you know. If he, in right. my lifeboat, I'd want Good Sir on my team because. Uh, yeah. But also, also, Definitely. part of the part of the journey as well. I think he stayed in love with the natural world. He stayed in love with an idea that was bigger than himself, um, yeah. and that got him through. And I think that also appeals yeah. to me. It still appeals to me, like in a. I mean, let's not go too deep, but you know, we are in a world. Let's where... let's go deep. Oh, okay. Well, we are in a world now where we are with climate change. Uh, where well, the, yeah. Well, the world is changing very quickly, and who who are we going to be? And yeah. you know, no, we need some good exactly. sirs around us. We need good sirs that kind of see the bigger picture and make choices that are not just you know make choices for community and make choices for the good of. Humanity. Humanity. Let's call it humanity. No, no, but it's true though, because like that, I think that's the premise of the whole entire film. Really, sorry, I keep saying this. It's because I'm tired. Um, Series um, is for for me anyway. Was it? Yeah, it's man's destruction of um, habitats, whether it's um, uh, what do you call anthropological, or whether it's uh, biodiversity, whether it's any of those things, they're mm. always just, um, yeah, man's, that, that's, we are the cancer, right? And it's our responsibility. But that is in, in the terror is um, uh, manifested in that, the, the, the creature uh, that attacks the boat, right? Um, mm. When you're reading the script for the first time, I mean, did you, did you read the book and then, or the script? Did you, obviously you yeah, probably you I know, read the, I read the script the and then. Yeah. No, I read oh, the- you did? Okay. I you know when I got the job I because I hadn't got all the episodes so I started with the book, yeah. um, and I really enjoyed the book. But the but the but the research, I think it's there was one a book called Ice Break or something like that that went into the yeah. details of that of that trip of that voyage and what they what they knew. I mean, it's just it's an incredible. So story. you went and what you went deep, man. Yeah, I think, but there was a lot of, I hadn't got any idea about that um, story and history at all. You know, I think apparently it's very well known in, you know, Canada, for example. Yeah, um, the Canadians but, really, really took hold of it in a big way, the Franklin Expedition. Yeah, it was yeah, mental. But I didn't know anything about it at all. But when, And when I was reading about the, um, one of the things that stuck with me uh, in the research was just learning about that guy who provided the food. I mean, you wouldn't believe he kind of, the the Navy apparently took the lowest bid and it was this guy who said, I can get the food for you and um, yeah. I'll provide the food. But he produced it in the East End and apparently it was like just a warehouse with the food just like thrown on the floor and he paid a couple of people, like yeah. barely nothing to come and, come and you know, and there would have been, 
by the description, they're very poor, kind of desperate people doing this mm -hmm. job for not very much money and cutting corners on how he soldered the tins because they just came up with, you know, uh, tinned food. Yeah. Um, and he just sent all the totally immoral, sent all those guys out there for, you know, whatever amount of time with food that was going to kill them. Kill them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And like there's, there's, there's that whole, um, I don't know what you call it, um, query around whether, you know, how the men perished, how they died. And, and obviously in the, in the series, it's depicted that, um, the, the, the food being in, in tins has something to do with it and scurvy and what have you, blah, blah, blah. But it's done. So it's just, oh my God, it's so hard to unwrap this, right? We probably need like five hours of, of, uh, um, and get some of the other, uh, the uh, cast members along as well, because it's just so, it's so intense. There's so many different things going on. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that you, you invested so much into it because it, it, it pays, oh my God, it pays off in such an intense way. Like you're, there's something about your face in, in, in the terror, your character. Did you, like his empathy, his, his trying to compute what the fuck is going on in their world, in their, terror in the hell that is slowly crushing them like how do you go about developing a character like that oh god well i don't i mean i i suppose i don't know i suppose it's all about character arc you know he's hmm. starting so where does he start where does he finish and i think i mentioned probably where he finishes is is uh holding still managing to hold on to like love of the world in some way uh not kind of lost faith almost lost faith in humanity although he he still kind of believes in um crozier he still believes in the captain but yeah. um but i i i don't know it's a like for me, with something like that, over ten over ten episodes, it's really trying to plot the changes that okay. that, that happen with a character, and there's always choices to be made around. When you see there's a moment of change, how does the character react? And like building a character um, around those options, uh, around those choice moments. But it was very subtle the change I think that happened to Good Sir. Um, but I really noticed it, you know, sometimes we would film, obviously we were not filming in sequence, but sometimes we'd have to jump all the way back. I remember having to jump all the way back to, uh, episode two at one point, And we were on episode six, we were filming mainly, but we had to go back and film, uh, something from episode two. And I actually, the mindset was so different and I can't really explain it, but like, uh, had the luxury of being in it a lot. So living with the character a lot. Um, and I suppose that is, I think that happens anyway, like working on something, you're like just living, so your brain's working on it somewhere, you know, you're, make, you're just kind of living with a different thought pattern. But I was really oh, amazed. Course. I was amazed to go back to episode two and like it just, I just felt like the episode two version of good sir was good sir was so much younger <laughs> because of yeah i think the experiences that he was having were so traumatic um, less devoured 
Yeah, and he really, and he, yeah, less devoured, and he, and also, you know, he had to take more and more responsibility as it, yeah, as the journey goes on. Um, yeah. But also, again, when it's really well written, it's easier to play. Okay, you know, the scenes, totally. the the scenes are really well written. They give you a lot to play with. Um, Man, so much meat on the bone. I mean, yeah, because it's the first time I've seen you. That was the first time I'd seen you something in uh, with that length. I'd seen you in the Bodyguard, um, and um, obviously that wasn't as um, much screen time. So you're, you know, making different choices and what have you. And a, a vulnerability isn't. I mean, obviously, as much vulnerability um, as, as one can give. I, you can. It doesn't really matter on the length of the scene. It's up to you as an actor and your choice. But but when you're going in for such a long time as you did, uh, the commitment has good so in in the terror. Yeah, that's that it's weighs heavy. That, that must thing. really weigh on you, though. No, because I know. I mean, I don't want to give away the ending to people and stuff, but it it gets very dark. Really it does, freaking dark. Yeah, it does get dark. But I don't. I mean, I think as an actor, you don't wear. I don't have to wear that. No, of course, but there's certainly you know, an element. There must be. There's like a. And I mean, God, there's a beautiful moment when you're you're holding um, the Inuit uh, woman and Lady Silence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, that is that. That's intense, right? And yeah. okay, yeah, I know. Like you know, I'm not daft. Like you know, I I see behind the you know the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. It's just a play, guys. Just calm down. But there's there's certainly I've written I've, I've done a couple of things on screen and what have you and seen actors perform and i've done a bit of acting there's a, a, a wonderful actress called daisy badger and she did some shit opposite me and I, I nearly fucking broke and and the role that she was playing was really 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 intense i will give her that and she carried that for about a couple of weeks but and what was it what was it was that screen or theater that was just a screen like a film that we we made um her okay. and a few other of us but it just really got me to thinking way more about uh, actors and how they have to channel something something if it's a dark role they have to go to somewhere surely that's slightly dark to really capture that yeah yeah i think i yeah i think so and I, I think some people i watch it's readily it feels like it's readily available to them right. in a different way. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. I like watch someone like Joaquin Phoenix and I'm like, oh my God, where, where does that come from? It seems right. so dark and so, you know, but then he can be very, he's a great actor. He can be very funny as well, but he has it. I feel like he has something he can channel quite or tap into. Um, do, you, do, do you think, because you've had such a, a balanced uh, career in terms of stage and what have you, do you think that uh, when you get to a role like Good Good Sir or or even slashing someone's throat in Utopia, uh, do, do you feel like, you know, you're getting to, a, you, you've got a, a foundation that gives you the confidence to become these other people because you do some fucking dark, well, not fucking dark, you just do some alternative characters. Yeah, sometimes. I, um, yeah, I think, I got to say, I think, like I probably did mainly theatre for ten years after mm. after leaving drama school, um, and I loved that. I, I, I there were times when I was like, "Oh my god, am I ever going to kind of film anything?" Because I did, you know, I I I felt like I could 
I knew how to handle myself in a theatre audition, but not necessarily in a, a screen audition. Big step, yeah. And, um, and I think it took me, so it took me a while, like Utopia was probably, Utopia was probably the turning point for my filming. Um, because it, again, it was such a great character um, and, and very different to how, very different to how I was perceived. Um, anyway, um, but no, I really, now I really, really appreciate the grounding I had in theatre. I suppose it kind of gives it like, gives me a kind of a, 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 I don't know, I suppose sometimes you just don't get much rehearsal often with screen work. And I think having, having the basis of theatre has given me uh, eventually, I think I trust myself. You know, I think if I hadn't had that, ba- if I hadn't had that base of theatre, I I wouldn't necessarily trust myself. That's not to say I'm not. I um. It's not to say I'm like totally secure in what I'm doing because that's definitely not true. It's just that. It's just that. I, I know I've got something there that I've been working on for years, you know, and it's mainly come right. from theatre. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got the tools, right? You know that it's like it's just basically just doing a, it's doing a job, and you've got the, the fucking tools to take this thing to town to really to to to, deli- to deliver. You know, when you're 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 opposite like Karen Hines or Jared Harris or whoever, not that that should have much of a bearing, but I'm sure maybe it does. You know. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to have the imposter syndrome that some people have. I've spoken to. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? Here? Oh God! I think no. I definitely yeah. have imposter syndrome. Do you have? Don't oh, you, you have do. imposter syndrome? It's like, yeah. Um, sometimes I don't know. Like it's luck. Don't you think? Like so much of life is like just fucking luck. It's like especially in in creative in the creative industry. It's like. Why aren't I here? Because why am I here? Because some other guy that would be here anyway instead of me. It's just sheer luck. I'm just going to ride this, see what happens. Maybe that's one way of looking at it. The other way is like, holy shit, am I good enough? You know? Yeah, but I do. I definitely think it's luck as well. I think that you know, like every major turning point I've had has been luck, and then sometimes the huge disappointments I've also met, you know, along the way have turned out to be really fundamental to the way I've gone next, the, the choices I've made next, or okay. um, the things I say, things that I've wanted to do and, and didn't get or got close to and are didn't you, get. How good are you, are you? Are you okay talking about any of that? Or is that like a, I don't, is there like professional etiquette here? And I'm just going to let you do, don't talk about that. That's, that's not cool. Oh no, you know? no. But I mean, I, I can, what can I? Um, Holby City did. Did Holby City reject you? No, I I did get a part in Holby City actually. Everyone's done fucking City, mate. If you haven't done City, there's no fucking. Point. But I didn't. I didn't get the. I didn't get the bill when that was on. What? You didn't. You're get the still. Bill? No, you're you're old enough for the bill, aren't you? I mean, I um, yeah, they, I won. Yes. <laughs> um. Big yeah, bill. no, I suppose you're big, big bill. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, I suppose, um, 
I suppose, uh, I don't know, can I talk specifics? I don't know. I, don't, I know don't there, was, there, was, there, was, there was something on the BBC that I've got, I got quite close for to. Yeah. Um, but it was at a time when I was really struggling to get trying struggling to get work and I got close to this thing yeah. and then I didn't get it and um like I think every actor will have a story about the you know moments of darkness and the darkness just being like what am I even doing you know oh, why God, am yeah. I why am I even bothering um and oh mate like I I know I know that I I like yeah completely <laughs> yeah and then at that and then those points it's like okay why do I, I? I suppose now I'm older, and I, like this rings even truer. Um, like, why do I do this? And I, uh, remembering why I wanted to do it, and why I yeah. still want to do it. I mean, I actually, you know, I think as I've got older, I do go. Stories are so fucking important. We see the whole of life through the lens of stories, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's political story or you know whatever stories being sold to us, but also. Um, you know, with that's like neoliberalism, the story of, the, you know, a, a, the growth economy or whatever, this is the way life is, you know, it's just all kind yeah. of story or communism or whatever it is, it's just all story. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of think, you know, if you can imagine it, it can happen. And I, I also back to back to where we are in life at the moment, we're at a yes. crux point where we need to imagine a different world. And if we if we if we can't imagine it, it won't happen. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's you know, yeah. No, but that's so true. No, no, no. It does circle back to good sir a little bit and that whole thing. It but it's it's, but it's true. You know, the power of the the power of now, I suppose. But I I just think um, the the in, acting industry is is god awful in terms of being on the wrong side of it. And I don't think I've spoken to many people. If no, I haven't. I haven't spoken to any actors that would be like, "Yeah, this." I, I've, I'm, I would, in fact, I'd love to have a conversation with an actor that completely fucking failed and was just de- decimated by rejection and could give me like a really good insight to why it's so bad. Because the, I only speak to people who have done pretty damn well and have made a really good go of it through some bad times though like clearly you know you you've been there i've been with actors on on sets where they've just got rejected by hbo or something and they know that had they got that their lives would have changed dramatically i i don't know what that must be like it must be like waiting for a winning lottery ticket thinking but i'm great for this lottery ticket i these numbers i love these numbers you know it's it's so intense <laughs> i think so but again, I, yeah, I think so, and I've definitely, I've definitely been there, wondering in my time, like, oh God, when would it be my time? You know, is that? But then I think that is a also. I also think that's a kind of myth nowadays. I, I, I just kind of think, especially since having a kid. But I think, you know, I have, um, I don't always have choices with what I do, what I do. But I think I've I've always been someone who has gone, if I don't think, like even when I was starting out, I would turn stuff down, even though I didn't have anything to go to, because I didn't, I didn't think it was right for me, or I didn't believe in it, for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that remains, that remains true. I mean, I still think. 
So you're, think, you know, you're serious. You're serious about what you're doing, basically. Yeah, and I think also it's an it's an investment, and also I got it. Yeah, I, I'm like doing a play, for example. That is a huge investment. If I'm like don't believe in what I'm doing, and I'm standing in front of an audience of like however many two, yeah. or you know, uh, that I've like what am I what am I doing with my with yeah. my time? I think I'd prefer to be doing something else. And I think it's, you know, it's still, when we came out of lockdown or as we came out of lockdown, auditions were coming through or some offers sometimes were yeah. coming through and like, they, most of them weren't really right. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I'm doing a project now, which I can't name because they haven't announced it. But um, okay. I was so glad that a different kind of genre for me and a, and a great part and a, and a really good, great scripts, like, came my way. Um, mm. Because I think for a lot of a lot of actors and a lot of people in the world, it's like, what as we came out of lockdown, it's like, what, you know, what is, what world will emerge and what am I going to do? And, you know, a lot of... Panic. Yeah, panic. Yeah. How, how, how did you survive the lockdown? I, I don't know. I, I, I just, did, I did, did, you, did you survive it? I, d I don't. I don't know. I think this is like the sixth sense, and you are actually, you know, you haven't. You haven't. If this is actually the sixth sense, and don't, it's a shit film, and um, it's not a shit film. It's a it's a pastiche that gets ruined a lot now since the sixth sense. Turns out Paul was actually talking to a dead guy. Oh my god! Um, he's, ha he's having a nervous breakdown. That's um, yeah wow god you should write that script well you're so clever but um so, yeah sorry um what where am i uh, no it's fine I, I i was a gardener i am sort of still a gardener-ish. Oh. i don't know what the fuck i am to be honest so i was just like outdoors the whole time and okay. um my, my wife went in it was working from home having to balance uh, our kids so but i mean really fundamentally you just kind of it became a norm relatively it was this, the, the the terror uh, the fear kind of you got used to it it, it it receded and then a normal way of life came about and then it's slowly this kind of really weird life came about so i kind of i was okay but yeah i know um spoke to a lot of actors during that and uh, they were putting our fucking brave faces on because that would have been perilous like i mean you know you're just making a start in acting and then suddenly the curtain comes down yeah metaphorically um but I'm I'm interested to know like where you where you started out because the stage is um that's very close to my heart, darling. Very close to my heart. Um, I wanted to be an actor when I was when I was younger because my granddad was was such a he was so into it, um, encouraged me, and um, you know like I said to you 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 carry a, a wonderful intensity about you like when. Do, have you always had that about you in terms of like um, your commitment to the stage, to the work uh, from a young age? Or did you know that that was always going to be a thing, acting? I didn't. I um, um, No, I think first I wanted to be a tennis player. I was too shit. I, mean, I was just... I, Ag Agassiz? Well, I would have loved to have been Agassiz, yeah. But no, I was not. I was, I was crap. Um, okay. But it was where I was really uh, kind of. That's where my attention was for a good while. Um, oh, for how many years? Ten. Oh, years, you know. Years? So, like, I suppose from like, I don't know, seven to like fifteen. I, you know. Okay. So when I was like, 
you know, I'd play under 12s, under 14s, get beaten very badly sometimes. But, oh, um, bless you. Uh, no, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, but it, but I suppose when I, I suppose when I was about 15, maybe it was a little bit before this, I started going to a youth theatre for, uh, I was doing school plays. Um, yeah. um, and I did love it. I didn't think I, I didn't always admit that I loved it, actually. Um, and then when everyone else was applying for a university, I was like, that isn't for me. And I kind of, I, I knew I was aiming at drama school then. Okay. Um, okay. But, uh, but no, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I've always thought, I think I was in denial for quite a long time, actually, about whether I was going to follow it. But I think deep down, I really, I don't know what game I was playing with myself. But uh, was, it, was it what you want a real job kind of thing? Was it like your mum and dad being like, or whoever's being like, get a real job? Or was that, was that not on, yeah, on the radar? Was that zero pressure? They weren't really, no. It was kind of zero pressure, actually. They were kind of, they were always were kind of like, do something that you enjoy. Um, oh, nice people. Yeah, nice people. Really nice people. And so we've all, I suppose we've all done, I've got, you know, there's four of us siblings. And okay, um, we are all, we, we all did things we really enjoyed, but we were all broke for a long time. <laughs> so, but... Right. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, you know, I wouldn't change that. I think if you can do a job that you love, my God. And I haven't always, I, as I said, I haven't always loved it because, it, because it's, there's so many challenging things about it. And sometimes you really have to, uh, like, I don't, you have to push through so much, I've found anyway. Um, okay. But ultimately, ultimately, I... Yeah, I would not. I don't even know what else I would do. Right. Yeah. I mean, now, right? I mean, it's it's from. But looking back, it's it's hard to actually regain those feelings, those emotions. One, because you're a, well, you're a a, a, a dad, and you're yeah. a successful. You're successful in your field, so it's kind of like trying to go back transcend back into that kind of world of what do I really want and what the emotions were at the time is crazy because they're they're completely controlled by a different set of emotions you know youth and priorities and and what have you so it's kind of it's a bit of a, a hard question to actually answer really because it's kind of it's almost like you're answering it from you're doing I don't know a 15 an, an impression of a 15 year old Paul or something it's really difficult yeah no, it's right. It's right. But I suppose your question is, did you always know you wanted to do it? And I think, yeah, yeah. ultimately, I've had a love-hate relationship with it over the years. Um, mm. But ultimately, loved it. And also, I think I felt, and I don't know why, but I felt, because I don't feel like I'm, uh, I don't think I'm a show-off. I don't feel like I need to show off. Well, you know, got the gold um, hoodie is... Yeah, I, do, I mean, I yeah. do say that, but have you seen have you seen this medallion as well? <laughs> <laughs> How are you even sitting upright? There's so much metal. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just when you get to Kent, you really have to find a way to stand, stand out. Is <laughs> yes, what I'd you say. Do. 
Um, you do. Yeah. Garden of England. Um, no, sorry. What were we rabbiting about? Yeah, no. Um, it's just I, I've. No, it's cool. I, I, oh, I know what. I think, go on, I, sorry. Don, I know what I was going to say. Sorry, I was going to say I actually go felt on. very comfortable on stage for whatever reason. I felt kind yeah. of. This was before I was trained, you know, before I was trained, before I went to drama school when I'd do the plays at the youth theatre and plays at the, uh, you know, in my school, which were just silly, but I felt, I felt a freedom in it and I didn't, I I wasn't, I wasn't scared of it. And I think, yeah. And I felt like I could, I felt like I could play while I was up there. Um, Oh, yeah. I, you're really talking to me there, man. Like I, I, I hate this because I hate talk. I don't hate talking about myself too much, you know, fucking hell. Please it's talk a conversation. About but, it's terrible. And I know I listen, sometimes like very, very occasionally I listen back to a show and I go, fucking hell, who wants to listen to the host talking about his unsuccessful career as an actor or whatever. But when I first did acting, I did the importance of being earnest uh, at school and I, I had that exact same experience you had, man. Like, and it, and that, that, that spoke yeah. to me, you know, it really did remind me of that. And, what what interests me um, would be to ask you is like when you go to acting school and you have that raw talent, um, do they let you keep that raw talent or do they try and box it a bit? And I think it, I think it depends what uh, drama school you went to. But I went to a drama school called Lambda, and they were um, yeah. they didn't seem to break you down. They didn't want to break you down. They kind of worked with what you had. Um, That's good. Yeah, and I thought that was I thought that was really good. Um, I suppose, I suppose with, tr- I suppose without knowledge, you can be f- freer in a way. And as you kind of learned like techniques as well to kind of keep you, to kind of keep you open and keep you free, but also, you know, also I suppose I came across, I'd watch things in my classes. I'd watch people in my classes and I'd see like them do incredible bits of acting and I go without kind of knowing what how they were able to do or, or what they were able and like it's still kind of um yeah. esoteric like, yeah yeah something and um yeah I think drum school was I thought drum school was great not I, again it wasn't it was always challenging because you always come up against yourself like, you know, coming up against walls, your own walls, and do you go over it or do you, like, shy away from it? Just, like, internal kind of walls that so we like all... In, go on. So do you mean, like, in terms of a performance when you're, you're you know, your, your choice, your decision to deliver a line in, in, in such a way, uh, maybe be it, uh, for example, I don't know, to be or not to be, do you say that hysterically? Do I do it differently? Do I say it more hysterically? Do I do it more monotone? Do I do it, you know, is, is that what you're trying to say there? Or? Well, I think I'm saying, well, no, I, I think in this case I'm saying, so one of the classes that stood out for me as I'm talking about this is clowning. And we had oh, like, God, brilliant. So we had clowning, and, but actually to be a clown, you have to find a really vulnerable place. And you have to find out what your clown is, and um, but to find it, it can be really. And you meet the wall of like, how vulnerable am I going to allow myself to be? I remember one of the exercises we did was um, standing in front of the class and telling a joke, um, and you know you tell the joke once, and maybe there was a few laughters, a, yeah. a bit of laughter, but then you had to tell the joke again. And again, 
and again and again oh and again. And suddenly, like, you kind of, like, so many things go through your mind, like, okay, can I get off this stage now? Or, like, what am I doing here? And just, like, so many levels of, like, oh, my God, this is horrific. They're just looking at me. Now what Now what are they thinking? And, like, that's just, you know, one one example of something that occurs to me as we're talking about this. But, like, yeah, like, then when you kind of find the freedom to be vulnerable you with your this clown or whatever you just kind of discover you've then yeah. gone you've gone to find that vulnerability you have to go through the wall of your own kind of like this is horrific you know right and there you know that's that, going that that's what i mean that is a little that is a little bit of breaking you down a little bit isn't it but that that's kind of required i mean that's in stand-up comedy i think anybody who's done any stand-up comedy um i, I did it for a little bit and, and then i went and I was in a band at the same time. I did stand up for one night. The next night I had a gig. I was like, Jesus, this is the easiest shit in the entire universe. Playing behind a guitar with all this volume, doing a stand up gig, you know. And then they're essentially preparing you, aren't they, at, at Lambda for the for the um, I don't know. There's a, it seems to me there's a little bit of breaking down there, but in a in a good yeah. way. I suppose so. I think in clowning, I've I, yeah. I suppose clowning was one of the places I felt most felt that vulnerability the most. That's then, interesting. Then the reward on the other side. I mean, I suppose, like, uh, I suppose... Go on, you can say that's interesting. Tell me. No, it's interesting because there are probably other people there are other classes where other people would have been, like, more vulnerable. But for some reason, you found the clowning, perhaps, you know, more vulnerable. And um, that just speaks to who, who you are, maybe in, yeah. in a different way. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Although, you know, there's other things, like singing... I will sing very happily sing in a in the shower, but uh, I won't sing in front of people. In fact, I said when I, okay. I I said when I I said when I um, left drama school, there were two things I didn't want to do. One was um, sing, and the other one okay. was um, be naked. Having, I was going to say um, having a rolling pin up your ass or something. But yeah, <laughs> no. Funny yeah. enough, that was okay. That was on my list. Okay, to do. I'm. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, you know, with your clothes. We must have written the same list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I've still got that list. Yeah. Um, no, my, 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 my list was no pig fucking and uh, no mathematics. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm numerically dyslexic. And, uh, I don't oh, know, okay. So sorry, or a, a pig. I don't yeah. understand. Uh, pig, no pig fucking? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's um, just that I didn't want, yeah, you know, Charlie Brooker and um, uh, Black Mirror and all that. Just too much. Uh, oh I was God, talking I'm about that. I was talking about that episode the other day. Oh really? It's yeah, and it was. It's an it's it, ultimate. It's, it's, it was life. It was like changing, wasn't it? Life changing. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, yeah. I think because I it was the actor Rory Kinnear, wasn't it, playing the prime minister? Yeah. And I just yeah. and I and I bumped into him the other day, and I was like, and then. And then I thought, Do you say well, well done in Bond? Do you say well done in Bond? Oh, your, your character wasn't fucking a pig then, was it, mate? I, I didn't say that to him. But no, I, I've missed oh. a trick. But I, <laughs> what? I didn't see Bond either. Is, he, is it good? It's brilliant. It's really good. I'm not just saying that because, you know, uh, well, it's just it's great. You know, it's Skyfall's fantastic. This one is probably like a hair hairline underneath it. 
as in is but it's brilliant it's so good yeah i love it well well recommend it my friend it's so good um okay i'm seeing june yeah. i'm gonna see june tomorrow june oh god i really want to see that I really do I, I think it's just like one of the i've just finished watching series one of mandalorian and i, I do love oh that's epic sci-fi. very good uh, yeah very good yeah just epic storylines you know it's so it's so so much fucking. Fun. I mean, we don't want to talk, we don't want to talk about box sets, but I mean, I take you watch Succession, right? Yeah, and I haven't, I haven't watched the I haven't yeah oh yeah I haven't watched the the new one yet the new episode yeah. You don't seem that bothered about it. You okay? I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, my my heart rate did go up a little bit when I said I haven't seen the first episode yet, but um, it, it's fine okay. because um, I'm I'm gonna. I didn't watch season one until like a year after it'd been out and it was fine because one, no one spoilt it and it was great because I could binge the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, but it's good, isn't it? Are you going to, you know, you, you should, you know what, Paul, why don't you, why aren't you in succession? Why aren't you in that? Hey mate. Do you know, I wake up every that- morning. I wake up every yeah. morning and, <laughs> and ask myself. Do you uh, ever get that? Do you ever get people that go like, why didn't you, don't you do that you'd be good for that why didn't you get in james why don't you do james bond you'd be good at james bond you're an actor aren't you probably not no i do <laughs> i do sometimes actually what i've got more in my time is um someone go what do you do and i go um i go well i'm an actor and I'll, they'll go oh you know i was going to be an actor and then they'll tell me they'll tell me they're <laughs> they're all like no, I'm not pointing at you. <laughs> kind of did. I, I, I do do that. I did. It's, it's one it of those sounds like, podcasts. It sounds thing, right? like it sounds like you're you're still at it. You're doing it, all I'm writing. Things. You made it. Yeah, yeah, I'm writing. Yeah, I'm just like I love writing. I can't stop it. But it, it's just one of those things in podcasting where you, you know you you every. It's it's so funny. I don't know what podcasts you listen to, but podcasts have evolved to become more two way. And whenever. It, I have someone that listens to the show for the first time or new or even just hasn't listened to a podcast for the first time. And they go, God, the host just wouldn't stop talking about himself or whatever. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's the nature of podcasting nowadays, guys. It's a two way thing, but it, I don't know. Some people still get really, irritated no, I like that. I, I think it's, I think it's more interesting. A conversation yeah, more. is more interesting. And I, I would personally hate just sitting here talking about myself, you know, but it's, I like, it's I like a, com- I like a conversation. You, 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 well, me too, me too. I, um, I did, I did want to know about, um, so what, I mean, cause, cause obviously I, I, I love the terror and I know that there's, um, after I'd watched it, I, I found this community oh, yeah. online on, on Twitter and some of the, they are dead into it, man. They, they're, they're so, so obsessed, but in a really cool way. It's, it's, it, it's not like, um, Harry Potter fans. Um, who, if you take one misstep, you are you are in trouble. Let me tell you, Mister. Oh, really? Um, really? But ja- Jared Jared Harris, man, like after Chern- Chern- Chernobyl, uh, Mad Men, and all that jazz, and you're you're lining up against him. That must have given you like quite a thrill. Is that the right word to use? I don't know. Well, I yeah, I um, I with Jared, I think he's one of my favorite actors actually and i didn't know like but he's become one of my favorite actors from working with him i mean i I always thought he was brilliant but to like to watch him work is is incredible it's like a 
incredible because try not to be general really he 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 um was so um focused towards the truth of the scene um as in what would really happen and how would his character really um what would really happen in this situation uh he, so he cut away a lot of i felt like he cut away a lot of fat um okay yeah and he just his choices were so good and so interesting so truthful not showy at all he was like really i don't know that's the kind of acting i i like i mean i just think well, that, you yeah that's that's your thing i mean that's how i describe you like you yeah definitely there's no flabby shit there's no me 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 well, me that's very scene. that's very kind i think um i think um no, I suppose, yeah, no, I do. That is the kind of thing. I'm not really interested in, God, I don't know, it's dodgy t- territory, but I'm not really interested in look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm interested in, like, what's this about? Um, Serving but he scene. was, but he was another level, I thought, Jared. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, I, yeah. I, no, no, I mean, just it, it, because I'm guessing you would have seen Mad Men and... I uh, didn't, actually. No, no, I've, I haven't watched Mad Men. But he's, oh man, he's so good. Really, he's so very good at that. Like he's he when he when his character appears, you're like, oh yeah, he's in it. And oh my god, he's not just in it; he is fucking great in it. He plays a very sweet man, and it's um, it's very powerful. I think like he's had such a great trajectory. Um, yeah, he has, and very very you know very versatile as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, really great. Who, like, because when I, I was watching Goodfellas, I don't know how many goddamn years ago now, maybe like two or three years ago, and um, I got this, this, this a dizzy sensation when I was watching it because I was transported back to what I love about acting and what I love about, you know, where I can understand where the bug comes from and what mm-hmm. have you. But like, and that was, I suppose that was watching Robert De Niro. I'm not like the biggest Robert De Niro fan or anything. Like, I wouldn't, say that I am but for for some reason maybe it was the style the aesthetic of that scene and his delivery um is there is there, is there anything in particular in like actor or, or scenes that have inspired you over the years um well loads from, I would say maybe from a younger age you know that really infected you I mean there were loads of um theater productions that I went to when I was younger like I saw mm. Stephen Burke Stephen Burkoff um, do a production of Salome at, when I was uh, in Birmingham, where I grew up, okay. um, and that was like I could not believe what I was seeing. And then, and then I'd see um, Simon Simon Russell Beale do these incredible because, okay. like, I was we we would trip we would go to like stratford because it was fairly close to us if we were going to do a school trip but also then we'd sometimes come down to the national in london and yeah i saw some great productions that kind of really some productions like complicity theater i saw production of the visit with catherine hunter and it's like these extraordinary things um but i think you know there's loads of actors that i'm I'm inspired by like I, I love Anthony Hopkins I'm like I don't know how he does what he does it's like um, yeah. 
but that's often often the case. I don't see how there's acting that I love, and I don't see how they're doing it. You know, but I. But, but that's 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 so funny. <laughs> it's so fucking. You obviously you don't. You know, I mean, because your your head isn't the size of you know Jupiter, but um, you you've you've got that. I've seen your work. It's yeah. it's fierce. Motherland is like hysterical and the commitment to that guy is insane and it's hysterical. Well, what that character? <laughs> That's, that, that yeah, character. the scene with Ben, ben Compton, or, you know, and you know, you're trying to entertain um, the kids and, yeah. and, and Ben, Ben, who's a lovely guy and, and he, oh my God, that's hysterical. But then, you know, you know, yeah, slashing someone's throat in, as a as psychopath in, in, in Utopia, you know, you, um, living those roles you know like and and that's an intensity um that you're describing there about like how do the actors do it well you're fucking doing it so oh, well, that's, fine. that's, that's fine. weird i tell you what right? though, that i tell you what that character in motherland um since having a kid is just i think you know it's just too close to the bone for me uh, you know i riding my bike around dropping my kid off at school with the bike and whenever motherland's on telly i just feel like man, I have to get far away from that character, Kevin. Because I, 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 you know, but he is also, but he is also, we were talking about, talking about clowning. Yeah. We were talking about clowning earlier. And I, and I think Kevin is, Kevin is a clown. Like he is that kind of, he has that vulnerability um, and he means well. And, yeah. and it goes. Give me some sharp knives. I've got to whittle some flutes out of carrot carrots i uh, so yeah so i'm not i'm not gonna give you knives they're children okay <laughs> so fucking brilliant but yeah, um very well written do you, do you ever watch the, a nighty night oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i love the dark, that the, the yeah darkness. i love that i love that dark humor yeah julia davis like and and human remains did you see that ever that rings a bell so that rings that's, a bell. that's her and Rob Brydon and they play a series of couples. Um, yeah, I think I have seen some of that. My mate Kev um, lent me the DVD and I uh, never gave it back. But um, yeah, yeah, sorry, carry on, yeah. No, it's really good, but really, again, really dark and really well observed. And um, Rob Brydon, man, frick, man, his, his, his timing and his, his, he, he's got it, man. He's, he's got that. Yeah, he'll, I think he'll do all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite programs is Would I Lie to You? I just wish they made more of them. Is it when I, yeah, when, yeah. Bob, when Bob Mortimer gets going, it's my favorite, it's my favorite thing. The man is on a different, he's on a different plateau, 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 totally, yeah. completely. Is it, one of one of a one of a kind for sure, but um, yeah, my God, I would um, yeah, I think like dark comedy and what have you, blah blah blah. But do, do you ever watch um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? No, because I think that you would love that. What's, it, it's a what's bit, it called? What's it called? It's called Garth Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Okay, um, okay. I'll I'll send someone a link so you can get it. But um, it's again like you know British. Dark British humour, but there's nothing quite like it, you know. Like from League of Gentlemen all the way through to Ninety Nine, what have you? I, yeah. I, I love it. And then early noughties, we turn that corner, and what's this? Oh my god, this filth! Yeah. Um, 
What's next on the cards for you, man? Like, I, I, I mean, I know you can't obviously name. Yeah, so, so I, I mean, uh, um, so I am filming something now. It's a, an eight part series for Netflix. Um, oh, you're going the big end, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I thought, um, yeah. So I thought I it's about yeah. time, you know. I mean, it's about time I just did something for Netflix. And, uh, you know, yeah. We should. We, we all should. We all should. <laughs> we all should do our part for Netflix. Um, yeah, I think actually they they are making a lot of content at the moment. Um, it's true, and good stuff, I think. But anyway, this. Is, so I'm doing. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't say what it is, but it's. Uh, but it's. Um, they will announce it fairly soon. I think okay. in the next. In I'm going to be so season. excited. Is is it quite a major role, or is it? Uh... It's a really great character okay in this in yeah, yeah it is a major role i mean the the leads the leads the leads in this are like younger uh younger actors okay. and they're really they're really great actually um but yeah this is this is a really great featured role um Brilliant. i'm, lo- I'm loving Man. it it's very and and importantly it is very different to kevin from motherland which is always, <laughs> you know, that was the last time during lockdown, between lockdowns, we filmed season three of Motherland. So it's imperative, right. it's imperative that the next role is, <laughs> is the opposite. Keep me away from that character. Oh, yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Okay, well, look, um, thank, look, thank you so much for your time, man. Um, oh, pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for... And I, I don't know where in Kent you are, but enjoy the hills because we don't have any here. Oh, it makes no, me sad. Oh, sorry about that. There is no hills around here either. Don't worry. There's a park. There's, really? a, nice, there's a nice park. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I miss it. I miss. I miss Kent. I never thought I'd say that, but I always, I always think about Nigel Farage whenever I think of Kent. But that's, uh, that's just me. Uh, <laughs> protect pr- protect our borders and unfortunately borders. that won't be well listen actually actually i mean so uh, yeah david bowie is from where you know that's what i say he's from kent isn't he yeah yeah right yeah oh god but yeah so is okay. um anyway look after yourself you too lovely to talk to you yeah double thumbs up and thanks so much for your time paul you're a gent and a sweetheart Alright, you too. <laughs> Cheers, Take care, bye bye.